0: Welcome to the Digital Hustle Tribe Podcast. My name is Yasmin and I am your host. Today we have Carissa who is the owner of Kindred Strategy. She has about 13 years of agency experience developing marketing strategies. She is an expert in paid advertising, planning and buying but understands that a lot of her clients aren't. So she loves collaborating with them and breaking down these crazy complex and foreign subjects in a way that is educational, relatable, understandable, and without as much jargon as you typically see. So let's get to our chat. Thank you everybody for joining me today. I have Carissa Richardson here from Kindred Strategy. She is what makes advertising super easy, at least I think, for business owners and helps them really gain that audience um, that gets to find out about your brand. So Carissa, why don't you tell us what you do in your own words?
1: Yeah. So that is a really good summary, I think. Um, I do paid advertising primarily. We've really focused on paid advertising. And my goal is really to make it accessible to businesses of all sizes coming from an agency background where it felt like only big corporations could afford an advertising agency to run a TV ad. Um, I love small business dearly. So I just want to make them understand that I'm here to help with anything as small as a Facebook ad to anything as big as a huge TV campaign with radio and print and all of that. So it's been fun. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about when you started your business um, and why. Yeah. So I started. What was it? 2018. Probably officially, I took the leap from corporate slash ad agency world to being on my own. Um, And I really just was craving the control over my life, I guess, is a simple way to say it. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know if I've gotten it yet, but I'm doing my best. (laughs) Um, In theory, I thought that would help, but I'm not really sure. At least now when I don't have control, it's my own fault. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just really wanted, my kids are kind of school age now, so it was hard to manage their schedules. And I mean, advertising agencies are just relentless with the workload and schedule and demand. So I just decided, you know what, I think I can do this on my on my own, and I have a really good network of people that um, I know trust me and would refer me, um, and I really just kind of took the leap and decided this will help me kind of do my own thing in a way that I like to do it, and however much or as little as I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Is there
0: one obstacle that, has, that you've come across when you were first starting out that you're hopefully it was a good learning experience, um, whether it was with a client
1: or just mindset, do you have anything like that to share? Yeah, I would say my biggest thing, I still struggle with it, but I'm better about it is pricing. Um, and feeling like I came from an agency and I saw the machine and I saw how it worked. And I felt like they're charging those prices because they're this huge machine and I'm just me. And I had this kind of inferiority complex a little bit when I first started. Um, but then you get enough proposals back for people being like, Oh yeah, no problem. You're so cheap. And then it's just like, every time my blood would just boil <laughs> and the yeah. next one would be a little higher. And then they'd be like, Oh yeah. It's the quicker they turn around and say, yes. I'm just like, Oh man, I did not price. That high enough. Yeah. So I think I'm in a better place now, at least valuing myself and valuing what I do. Um, but I think it was hard to wrap my head around like I have a really good value that I bring to people and um and I should charge
0: for it (laughs) yeah yeah pricing can be oh man one of the most difficult things to do and and then and then you feel bad right you're like I'm going to charge this person and then they're like oh I don't have the budget for that I'm like
1: oh no I'm a helper I'm Enneagram number two, if you do enneagrams, all the way. Like I want to help everybody and I can't say no. So I am really, really bad when it comes to pricing and taking on projects that I love and I probably should not take. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: same same here. Um, I don't know what my number is, um, so I will have to go and check that out. But I don't know, I I do like making money, but at the same time people are like, I don't have the budget for that. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I can squeeze you in somehow.
1: That same uh, here.
0: Sorry, totally <laughs> um, so, what is one of the biggest accomplishments that you have that you're super proud of? Um, with, since you have started your business?
1: I think when I got my first major client. So, I think when I started this, I really I came from buying um, and planning for companies like McDonald's and Experience Columbus, uh, Travel Nevada. a oh, wow. big. Giant multi million dollar in some cases budgets um, and TV, radio, print, national TV, like every across the board. Mm -hmm. And going off on my own kind of was like letting go of that to say, like, that's probably not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. So the first time I got a a client that wanted a full media plan, so TV, radio, Mm -hmm. outdoor, digital all together in one I was so excited because I just didn't know if that would ever happen again so now I have probably three or four maybe even five of those types of clients which that it was a huge milestone for me mentally
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's amazing that's exciting because I I know that just to lift off sometimes it's so hard right and you said you started a business 2018 right
1: Mm-hmm. So two years.
0: Yeah, I think, it, I don't know, it takes some people maybe 10 years to get there and you've been able to accelerate it. Um, that's that's really exciting. That's impressive.
1: It's you can just throw growing. those brand names around. <laughs> It's always funny when you're having conversations with people and you're like, I really hope to have steady growth next year and not like (laughs) exponential growth, like a steady growth. I'll take it. I will take
0: that. (laughs) So my question. So I I recently ran across this when I was looking at my goals. Uh, Speaking of goals, recently looked at my goals and then realized that I had been meeting my goals. It's just that I kept moving the goalposts. (laughs) How have you been able to achieve those goals? And I guess reflecting on 2020, have
1: you been able to hit those goals? How has it been for you? Yeah, so definitely um, it's hard when you're first to set those goals, when you're first starting a business, at least in my case, I started looking back now. My goal for this year was so, it's like funny because (laughs) I've grown over doubled my business in this past year, which I never would have imagined happening. So um, I think going into next year, which will be like my really my third full year of business where I'm actually projecting and things like that. I'm projecting a little bit steadier growth because mm-hmm. there's no way my business can grow that quickly every year, but it mm-hmm. just was the type of year and just go kind of going all in and all of that. So yeah. um, I do think that I did have to readjust my goal a couple times. Mm -hmm. There got to a point where I was just like, this is my goal almost like I can't go over this because I'm not gonna be able to do what I'm doing for all these clients if I take on more than this. Yeah. Um, I'm just, it's hard to grow at the same pace that, um, staff wise that I'm growing with clients. So that's Mm -hmm. been a challenge. So I think I kind of did set a goal for myself almost as like, here's the ceiling, we can't go over this this year because we have to Mm -hmm. catch up with staff.
0: Yeah. Anything that has surprised you about being in business?
1: Um, I think, I, I'm trying to think. So it, my background a little bit is, so my mom started her own business out of our living room when I was a kid. So yeah. I kind of watched her as an entrepreneur. So I think I want to say how hard it would be. It was when I first was thinking about starting a business, I thought it'd be so easy. Like I'm just going to start a business, but that wasn't really the way I felt because my, I saw how hard my mom worked, and so I always had a realistic expectation of what business ownership looked like. Um, so I haven't been too surprised by too much. I guess the biggest thing would be how much I've grown and how fast I've grown. I never ever would have thought that that would happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a reflection
0: of how uh, of the type of work that you're doing, the, how awesome you are at it, and um, yeah, and how, how you've been able to support your clients. So that's I'm excited for you. I know that I think I went into business maybe a year before or a couple months before you did. Um, and then just to see your growth and just I don't know, since I met you until now, it's just incredible. So I I'm really excited for you.
1: I know. It's fun. We're like little and we have like our own little mini agency together there. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> kind um, of growing okay. together.
0: Yeah, yeah, growing together. <laughs> Um, so let's whip it back, I guess, to the pandemic, the, the wonderful twenty twenty. <laughs> it's been great. How,
1: yeah, yeah, so amazing. <laughs> Loving it. Um,
0: so how how have you supported your clients through that, through this crazy, unpredictable time, and how 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 have you supported them, and how can they drive sales?
1: Yeah, so I've been doing a lot um, and I'm going to be doing a lot up here in the next couple months um, of talking to people, um, groups and chambers and things like that about just general um, the shift you've had to make because, I mean, you used to have people walking through your door and you could sell to or you could go to networking events um, or you could go get coffee with people and a lot of that was a main sales channel for many companies. And I'm sure you've seen this too, where people are just desperate to move as fast as they can online because that's the easiest and best, most efficient way to sell right now.
0: Right.
1: Mm Um, so that you're, I'm sure you've been busy with the building part of it. Um, on the other side of it, it's like, once it's built, people need to drive people there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so, I've been seeing a lot of clients that are transitioning from, um, to things like Facebook advertising, social media, advertising, Facebook and Instagram in particular, just because you can, it's a really low entry point as far as cost.
0: Um,
1: and you can get very specific with your targeting. So I think that that's been one way. Um, a lot of, I've seen a lot of my clients shifting, Um, and then also just the fact that I'm a one woman or kind of a one woman shop, one woman plus shop, (laughs) (laughs) um, and growing, um, we are able to be pretty nimble with our clients. So if, um, in some cases, some of my clients in the healthcare field, um, when none of their doctors could go into the office, um, to see patients because everything was shut down and non-essential, um they were were like using their advertising budget to pay their employees so they didn't have to furlough people so with a bigger agency it might have been harder to say you know what let's just pause the campaign and let's push it back a couple weeks or let's let's just put it on hold for now i mean i've just been really flexible with most of my clients or all of my clients where it's like you know what if we need to put your your retainer on hold for a few months while we figure out what's going on let's do it if you want to pop it back on, we can. So I think that's one of the benefits that I can give my clients during this time is just human to human. Like I, I'm a small business too. I understand what's happening and I'm trying to, trying to be as flexible as I can with people.
0: Yeah. And I love how you, it's not just about the running the ad right and getting that revenue, but it's also about running it efficiently and with a purpose. You don't want to be running these ads when, really, it's not in the best interest. And honestly, I think that's why they would probably stay with you for a long, uh, for for long term, because you are helping them grow their business. You're not just trying to, to get them to sign off on
1: ads and and all that. For sure. Yeah. It's so important right now. And not just right now though, I think just being a company that works with a lot of small businesses Mm -hmm. and then being one yourself, you really understand how hard someone works for those hundred dollars a month that they're putting towards ads. So it's yeah. like, you really want to make sure that that hundred dollars gets them as much as it possibly can, because mm-hmm. they work really, really hard to save that up. Yeah. So why don't
0: you do, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, how in-person sales might be a little slower, um, but what we can do as business owners to leverage the digital realm, I guess, um, whether that's getting people to the website or I don't even know how, like, how do we even tackle it? Because I build websites, I build your home base, but getting people there is extremely, it's another story. Um, I usually either will send them to you or send them just elsewhere because I have no idea right. Um your house is built, the road to it might not be. Um, yes. so what are your suggestions? Like, I don't even know where to start. Where, what are your suggestions?
1: So it really comes down to having a strategy. Um, and being thoughtful about it. Because I think a lot of people just jump into trying to get people to their site without sitting down and saying, so what's my objective? Is it leads? Is it sales on my site e-commerce? Is it um, just getting my awareness and getting visits to my page for people to look? Is it phone calls? What is your objective? And then the second part is who's your audience? Who do you want to complete that objective? And then um, really developing a plan to say, okay, based on the objective in the audience, and also what mindset they need to be in to be ready to act on what I want them to do. Because that, especially when you get into B2B, um, that can be really important of when you reach them, because if they're in a leisure mindset and you're trying to sell them copy paper, um, and they're, that's not necessarily gonna be the best way to do that, so, like when they're like in that leisure mindset. So I think that those three things really is kind of the formula that I use to develop a strategy to say, where can we find your audience when they're in a mindset to do the thing you want them to do? Mm -hmm. Um, And then no matter how big or small the budget is, we can find avenues where we can reach them. Like is TV probably the best place to reach everybody at this point? Yeah, most likely, especially with connected TV where you can target people based on behaviors and things like that but facebook is also just as good if you don't have a a huge budget so Mm
0: -hmm. so what sort of budget then are we let's so one of my clients they own a a local boutique we whipped up a website as fast as possible when this whole thing started um, and they're gaining some from their current clients or customers they're, they're gaining some traction on the website how would you approach the the strategy for them, and what's, I guess the question is, what sort of strategy would they be looking at in order to grow their e-commerce business and get them through 2020?
1: Yeah, so I think um, based on the audience and their, but I mean, I think budgets usually A few things play into determining a budget. So I would say how long they need to run for how long they want to be advertising for Would play into it, but also the the size of the audience. They're trying to reach. So if they're a local boutique and they're really trying to only reach like a 25 mile radius around where they're at but then that this is a problem that a lot of small businesses are struggling with because that local boutique usually if they would have advertised they would have just targeted that 25 mile an hour or 25 mile radius Mm -hmm. however now if you're e-commerce you're like oh well i could i could target anybody now and like the world is your oyster and then all of a sudden you're like i want to target the whole us but first of all you don't have brand awareness throughout the whole us so that's a much bigger lift to get somebody to go from seeing your ad to purchasing when they don't know who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it requires a lot more money. Um, and it just requires a lot more money because that's a ton more people. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's definitely conversations that I've been having with my clients. It's like, do you want to, to try to raise awareness outside of your normal bubble or do you wanna to stick to your normal bubble and just focus on getting the sales here um, with the people who already know you? Um, but I would say a minimum, I would spend a month um, on like a Facebook, Instagram, they're on the same platform. So I use them kind of together. That's why I keep saying them together, but um, would be about 300 ish, I would say. yeah. Um, and that would be direct spend that you would spend towards your ad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, so... I've always heard of when you are starting out, and you can tell me that this is a falsehood, but that you need to run a couple months of testing in order to make sure that the, ad, or some A-B testing in order to make sure that the ads that you are using are working appropriately. Is that something that, one, is true, and then two, that, that you support with?
1: Yes, so I always, we'll test initially when we're getting started. Um, Typically, the way I like to test, though, is creative is great, but I also like to audience test. So there's different ways to test different kinds of niches of audiences, and some, especially when you're first getting started, you don't know, um, like, you might have always had like an older audience that came into your store, for instance, in the boutique instance. But now that you're online, that might actually be reaching a younger audience. So maybe try targeting your tried and true audience that you've always had, but then maybe try targeting another one too and testing them side by side to see, because you might have a brand new audience that it's opened up to you now that you're switching the way that you sell. Um, That might be more accustomed to buying that way. But then creative, I would say, especially on Facebook um, and Google and those platforms, they make it pretty easy to do a lot of dynamic ads. So you can upload multiple photos and multiple texts, and then it mixes and matches those, the computers do, to give you your best and start serving more and more the best combination. So I love those types of campaigns because you kind of just let the computer do it, which is, and then you get the learnings at the end from what did the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So what are the the essentials? Let's say a business comes to you. Um, I don't know if I have to be specific with the type of business, but a business comes to you and they say, we're thinking about ads. What do you have like an essentials? Like you should have this stuff done first before even thinking about running ads. Um, or can they be very basic? Like what what do I have to get done in order to start on this path?
1: Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing is you only have one shot to capture somebody, and if they have a bad experience, then you kind of lose them. So if you, or do, even if it's just an awareness campaign um, and somebody clicks on your ad and your website is awful, so this, <laughs> you will appreciate this. <laughs> yeah, They're gonna say, what is this company? I am leaving and I am never coming back and I'm never clicking on another ad of theirs again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're even further down the funnel from awareness and trying to get people to convert, if it is not like one or two clicks, once you get to the site to get them to do what you want them to do, Mm -hmm. um, people are going to leave. They're going to get either get frustrated or they're just going to get, not feel like doing it. And they're not going to come back most likely, Mm -hmm. um, unless they just in that moment happen to not have enough time. So I really like to say that it's a good idea to, um, Make sure, you, especially your website, but anything public facing about you should really be clean and put together and reflect who you want to reflect out to your customers. Because mm-hmm. you really, that that first time you get them, it's like a first impression. So yeah. you really can't get it back.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree with the the website. Um, it, I don't do ads, but every time a client says, oh, I'm thinking about doing ads. I'm like, no, you might need to. <laughs> Let's make sure you have at least a landing page that's speaking the same language or let's change out your whatever messaging you have because you want that to be consistent. I'm glad that I am not completely wrong on that. (laughs) no you are dead right (laughs) Um, so having a website set up um, and something that matches with the ad um, and then having even maybe at least $300 to start running and testing some ads some imagery Mm -hmm. uh, anything else that will support a small business in starting their journey into Um, utilizing paid ads. And once they get going, what other, I know that we're bundling Facebook and Instagram, but because they are a bit more affordable, but once they get going with those, what other doors are there for them to, to open?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that it's really fun as you start to understand your audience, as your business, you get more in touch. Once you get that baby strategy there, you can really keep working on it and keep growing it. And then you kind of get into the mindset of, oh, I really do need to start understanding my audience to better advertise and market to them. So once you really get to know your audience, I mean, a lot of things can open up as far as like, oh, I just know my audience right now is listening to a bunch of podcasts because that's like they're um, they're sitting at home or they're, my audience commutes a lot. Um, so then maybe that's an avenue that you explore. Or um, I know that my audience really loves um to watch the evening news and there, and my message is really relevant to the news right now. So I'm gonna to try to run some ads in the evening news. So I think understanding the audience and mindset portion can really help you go from targeting the audience um, in a small space like Facebook but then allows you to expand upon it like, okay, well then what's the next best thing I can add to reach them and what's the next best thing so um but keeping that always keeping the audience at the center of everything and just adding things that will reach them
0: is there a bigger difference between b2c versus b2b um style formats when do when running paid um
1: i think they're probably a little more corporate and clean looking as far as the visual goes and i'm That's creative is kind of something I would typically collaborate with others on. Um, But I think as far as objectives go, typically B2B you'll see a lot more lead gen objectives versus awareness or conversion objectives like purchase or um, call. It might be a call, but a lot most it's like either lead gen or give us a call or schedule an appointment, those sorts of objectives. Whereas um, more consumer facing is more those like purchaser awareness or those sorts of objectives. But also the mindset you're trying to reach people into, I mean, if you reach somebody with a business focused ad on on Pinterest or um, on TV when they're watching like some entertainment show, like that's not necessarily gonna resonate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the other shift when I'm planning, I kind of shift my focus to, okay, do we need to be in trade publications? Do we need to be on LinkedIn? Do we need to be running? Does it make sense to run in um, the news on TV um, and print like the dispatch or business first or something like that? Mm.
0: So in terms of reporting and analytics, what should a small business owner who is just getting started in paid ads focus on? I know with website analytics, it can... (laughs) get really daunting. And I've only, in all honesty, taken a peek at the Facebook business manager. And I was like, I don't, I can't do this. I'll just get the Facebook pixel and install it. And that's it. Yes. So it was a bit overwhelming. Um, So what should we focus on if we are trying to start on paid ads, but we don't want to be overwhelmed with all the numbers, Um, but we do want to know that they're working, right? So where do we get to zoom in on?
1: Yeah. So I definitely will definitely give a shout out for Facebook pixel, put it on your site ASAP right now, do it because Google too, honestly, but um, I really, the Facebook pixel, you get so much data out of there that you can use if you do want to run ads, it's it's the key (laughs) to success. Um, But I would say when I'm giving um, my dashboards are pretty simplified. So I kind of have an executive summary at the top because most people, If you wanna look at the numbers, you can, you can scroll down and look, but most people just need to know what the numbers mean. So that's how my dashboards are typically set up with my reporting. And I would say the things that I focus on or drive them to focus on is, um, okay, you had clicks and you had a good click-through rate. So based on the number of people who saw your ad, you had a high percentage of those people click. That's what a lot of people use as their metric to define success um, is that click-through rate, which I get. But then I really also encourage my clients to look at the other side of things. So when that person clicked on that ad on Facebook or Google or whatever site they were on and they landed on your site, what did they do when they were there? So if they only spent five seconds and left, that wasn't a great click and that wasn't quality for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at tactics by not only did we get people to do what we wanted them to do, but once they came to the site, Um, How long did they stay? Did they stay for a whole minute? And then pages per session is another good one. Did they visit multiple pages? Um, So I look for time on site. I look for sessions, um, uh, pages per session, and really try to see the engagement on the site also versus just click-through rate. All right, cool.
0: So if we we take nothing away at all, what top things should we keep in mind when thinking about running paid ads or even pressing, like inserting our card number and pressing go on a campaign?
1: I think being strategic and having a strategy. um, Facebook loves to do that little button in the corner that says, do you want to boost this post? (laughs) And it's my nemesis (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because there's no strategy behind it. So, Mm -hmm. Um, I would encourage you to, every time you wanna do that, just write down how much money you were gonna spend on that post at that moment, and keep track of it at the end of the month. See how much that would've added up to. And then come up with a strategy that targets your right customer with the right objectives, when they're in the right mindset, and take that little budget and put it towards that instead. Mm -hmm. Because that strategy piece is so important. I think that's something that a lot of people skip over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we
0: were to work with you, what should we bring to you to show that we are legitimate and that we are ready for this? Is there? Um, I know you mentioned the website and a couple of the other. Please install your Facebook pixel. Um, usually, that's what I install as well when I build the site. Um, but what other things can we bring to get started on the right path with you?
1: Yeah, I think um, really just a solid understanding of your audience, because that's one thing that I'm not in your business every day. So I don't really understand. I can, once you give me a clear picture of who your audience is, I'm an expert of going and figuring out who that audience is um, in a marketing sense and how you can reach them. But I'm not an expert on your business or who your audience is. So that's kind of the piece that I really rely a lot on my clients for is, Um, give me as robust of a picture as you can of how your audience works. If you have a persona, that's like a dream, Um, an audience persona built for your client. But I mean, tell me, are they a man? Are they a woman? What is their general age? But even beyond that, like, what do they like to do? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? Do they have a family? Do they have a dog? I mean, it seems so silly, and weird to like think about that much detail about your audience. But when you're marketing with the amount of data that's available right now to target people, the littlest detail could end up being the way that we really efficiently get to your audience and target them, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, same thing with websites. And I'm glad that if you have that, I guess if if you're listening, you have that research and you're thinking about a website or paid ads, knowing your target market can help so much with all of these sorts of items um, social media marketing, all of that. So yeah, know your it'll audience. Save you a ton of money. Themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really will. It'll save you time and hours when you're yeah. developing a website, but it'll also, and developing a paid strategy, but it'll also save you time because you're going to so uniquely find your customer yes. that you won't have as much waste, waste dollars reaching people yeah. that you don't need to reach. So on a broad overview of your services, how
0: do people work with you?
1: So typically um, I will just have people reach out to me through email in person on my website. Um, And it's, I've got a ton of information on my website about process and kind of how we work. Um, But I would typically just start off with just a phone call. We would get to know each other, kind of try try to figure out what your objectives are and see if it's a good fit um, as far as the type of business and what you're trying to do and what I'm good at and what I can help with. Um, And like I said, I'm really bad at saying no. So (laughs) I will try to probably find a way to make it work no matter what, because I just want to help everyone. Um, Or I will give you a really great person also that can help you if I can. (laughs) So that's really the best way is just reaching out through email or um, through social even. Um, And then just kind of having all those tools ready to go and giving me a good sense of the project and what you're trying to do and who you're trying to reach. And then we can usually just go from there.
0: Yeah. One sort of side question, but what um, if when choosing someone to run your paid ads, is there like a, a warning sign that we shouldn't go with that person? <laughs> um,
1: I would say it depends on what you want to do. There's, um, there's a lot of people that are really well versed in the traditional side of advertising. So TV, radio, print, outdoor, then there's a lot of people that are really well versed in the digital side, so any kind of digital marketing and the analytics that go with that and the tracking. Um, so you'll get a lot of digital agencies and then you'll get a lot of more traditional media planner buyers. Um, the benefit with me, I think, is that I've been brought up with the old and new school kind of just be out of necessity because of I when I started my career, internet really wasn't a thing and now that's all it is, so. Yeah. Um, So that is kind of just how I've been brought up, but that it it creates efficiencies, I think. Um, But just be cautious of if you're looking at a site for a, a, they can say they can do paid advertising, make sure it's listed on their site that that's a service they offer. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think (laughs) paid advertising is just like, ah, whatever, we can do that for you too, because we're doing everything else for you. Um, But if you want a really good paid advertising, help and assistance, I think finding somebody who really is dedicated to doing just that, um, you'll get much better outcomes than somebody that treats it kind of like an add-on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is very, very true. And not everybody is a, uh, they might know how to start the ad. Like I could definitely push that button via promote this whatever button. Right. <laughs> Will it get you the right uh, ROI? I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so tell me one weird or fun fact about you.
1: So my favorite fun fact, because it explains my craziness around Ohio State football, (laughs) and I can't talk about it because I'm going to get depressed, but my grandpa actually won the first national championship at Ohio State on the 1942 team. Wow. Um, and then my dad also played sports at Ohio State, so it's been like a lifelong brainwashing that has occurred, and now I'm doing it to my kids, so it's just a fun oh, it was just about to <laughs> <laughs> I have videos of them running around the house, like singing a fight song when they were like three or two. It's just a bad, we're, it's yeah. a bad cycle we're in.
0: <laughs> um, side story, <clears throat> when I first came to Columbus, I was raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. I came to Columbus and I was just walking on High Street and there were people shouting because everybody was. It was like the first week of school. Everybody was shouting, "Oh H!" and I'm like, "I don't know what this means. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep walking because it's. Confused. Yeah, but <laughs> bunch of weird students. I went to art school, so I, I had no idea. All um, right, but uh, yeah, so that was that was my experience first with uh, Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, I guess, and. <laughs> and uh, columbus but um yeah i'm not a big football fan but i'm glad that's that's a really cool
1: family tradition though that's it cool. is so, yeah it is pretty cool we finally got a ring too so they didn't make rings back then because they were conserving oh, wow. metal because of world war Two. Oh. i'm not good with my history and dates but i think it was world war Two. there was a war happening a big yeah. one and um so they didn't make them rings because they had to conserve metal so they ended up actually giving us um when they won in 2002 trestle ordered extra rings for the national championship the 42 team
0: oh wow um, so
1: we got one of those rings so it's kind of cool it has his last name on it or my old last name on it yeah. and everything so that's pretty yeah.
0: neat that is really cool that's something really nice to pass on and yeah Um, hopefully you have a a group of kids
1: that brings in more of them. (laughs) Yes. We got one that's growing like a football player right now. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. So uh, where
0: can we find you? Um, website, Instagram, all the things where can we find you? And if we have questions, how can we get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So the main way, the hub, like you said, my home is at kindred-strategy.com. Um, you can find all my social channels there when you go there, but, um, I know I'm kindred strategy on Twitter, um, Facebook, and then I know, and LinkedIn, you can find me at kindred strategy. And then on Instagram, it's kindred strategy, LLC. So
0: awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and everybody go check, go follow her, go check out all her, um, her information and follow her on linkedin i don't know linkedin is my favorite right now i know um, but uh might be the b2b thing but um, yeah I, I thank you so much for coming in and chatting about paid ads and for simplifying it because i thought it was going to be like two, two hours of jargon and i'm like i don't i won't know what's going on but thank you so much <laughs> that's my
1: goal my goal yes. is to make it easy <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, all right thank you so much for joining me and i will catch everybody in the next